James Comey gets a serious grilling about his activities from Stephen Colbert. Also, a billionaire toy tycoon tries to save Toys R Us with a big check. And we know former First Lady Barbara Bush, we posted when she was in failing health. She, of course, passed this week. Those very big stories for the week, but not quite in for the top 10 ads decided by you. So what stories are 1 through 10 or 10 through 1 as we count them? We'll let you know in just a moment on the weekly wrap-up show for the week ending April 21st, 2018. And welcome to the show. I'm Jay Cleveland Payne, and I'm doing my version of Counting Down the Hits. I'm not quite Casey Kasem, but we're going to go from 10 to 1 and tell you which are the top news stories determined by you via social media through our portal at thisistheconversation.com. This is a weekly wrap-up show, and every single week we follow you, or actually you follow us on Twitter and Facebook, Twitter at TH underscore conversation and Facebook at This Is A Conversation. And what you do when you follow us, you'll see news stories posted all day long from various news sources. Not exactly everything that's stuck in the Chiron, but we do do the big news that gets stuck in the national news. But we try to do a wide swath of news from around the nation, around the world, and probably somewhere near where you are. It works pretty simply. You just follow us on social media. If you see a story that you like, you love, you hate, you want to comment on, you want to tell me something about it, you do just that. You respond and engage with the posts as they come down. And the posts that get the most love go into a big math algorithm into a spreadsheet. Some numbers are crunched. Some formulas are put in there. Some things are swapped. And we get a listing that ranks this week's all the way to 129, 129 separate listings on the week. And we give you, in the first segment of the show, 10 through 1. Count them down backwards to get that great list. So all you have to do is like, love, share, respond reply, hate, whatever you want to do to the stories as they come down in the links. The more you engage with the links, the better they come out with. From Friday to Fridays, of course, we go back today as we record this. Today is Friday the 20th of April, so go back seven days, and we went from there. And you can see how things roll on. In segment two of the show, we are going to do our housekeeping and talk about the big hot-button topic on my mind, uh, which one of the top eight, and we'll explain that one more time while we go through the top eight, are the big one that really catches my attention this weekend. A very quick word on that. That's not been the most engaging segment, but we're keeping the place warm to get a good time to do interviews again. And, of course, in the final segment, we will tell you what is the almost irrelevant story this week. That is story number 129, the one that barely made it to the list. And round out the top 15 just to show you what stories almost made it in. And from there, as time allots, we will give you as much as we can on the back end between 15 and 129. We'll see which ones pop up in a random order. With all that said, let's get to the stories for this week as determined by you, starting off with the 10 story. The headline for that story as we posted it, was Prince Harry and Meghan Markle announced wedding photographer. This was posted on Saturday, the 14th of April. This is um, a pretty popular story since it made it right in the top 10. And, of course, it's the beautiful wedding between the prince and the American actress. Now, there's a lot of talk about how special she is to be in this part, but basically 
the royalty is literally just for show. So it's not like they're really doing anything, although uh, Prince Harry does have a lot going on on a charitable ma- manners. Uh, but he's not actually running the nation. So who he marries is eh, eh. But there were a lot of things that had to go through. Of course, she's divorced, so you had to go through that stuff. She had to join the, the Roman Catholic Church of England, however that works out. And they got to make a really big deal what's going on. We've talked about the they talked about some of the people who aren't coming. There are no presidents or head of states because they said no one's coming. They invited the Obamas because Harry has a relationship with President Obama. Uh, they had declined. They, they're busy or something. Uh, but we do know who's going to be the big time photographer. His name is Alexei Lumbersky. Lumbersky. I don't know who he is, but he's going to take the official photos. He took the um Photos for the engagement, I believe, so the announcement of their engagement, so he already is known. He works out of New York, so he's flying in for the big deal coming up very, very soon. May 19th is the date, St. George's Chapel. It is going to be a big affair for folks who follow weddings, and yes, there are many people over here in America who are like, yeah, we got us a prince, but you didn't really get your prince. Meghan Markle got her prince, and well... Moving on, we're going to the number nine story this week, and that is NFL to release 2018 regular season schedule Thursday. We pushed this out on Wednesday, April the 18th. Uh, Of course, today is Friday as we record this, so the schedule came out last night. We'll have a couple details of that in a second. Uh, But it was a story that had a bump of response from the 10 story of 3.45%. So it's not a lot, not a major shift, but it's just enough to move up in the rankings. Now, what is this all about? If you are a follower of American-style football, or if you live in the States, and that means you're kind of there by default, the NFL released its schedule and is trying to turn as much of these things into big-time events. So the release of the preseason schedule was a big-time event. The release of the full schedule was turned into some some um, series of special announcements, TV specials on NFL Network and ESPN. They put a lot of effort into this. Football, American football, if you will, is sort of the lifeblood of sports, lifeblood of betting, which is why it's kind of there. And a lot of people put a lot into it. It's easy to follow because it's all packaged in essentially a span of four days. A weekend will take care of it. Now, going into some of the matchups set up for week one, Open the season once again on a Thursday, and we have a rematch of a conference championship opening up with the Falcons traveling to the Eagles. That's Atlanta versus Philadelphia. We also have wrapping up that week the doubleheader on Monday nights, which has been a staple as well. That has the Jets and then the Lions. That's the corner, of course, New York Jets and the uh, Detroit Lions, plus the Rams and the Raiders, L.A. versus uh Las Vegas? Are they in Vegas yet? I'm not quite sure. But that's going to wrap it up for a doubleheader for Monday Night Football. That's a big deal, a big money get. Even though Monday Night Football isn't the big night, Sunday night is the big game. And that game scheduled for the first Sunday night game is Bears at Packers. That would be the Chicago Bears traveling to Green Bay to open up the season. Two teams that are perennial favorites and perennial favorites fans of the fans but aren't quite getting the love they are on the field lately. We'll see how this all season, this whole season comes out because, of course, we all start out undefeated the first week of the season. Going to the number eight story for this week, it is headline, longtime paranoia radio host Art Bell dead at 72. We posted this on Saturday, April 14th. Bumper response of 2.2% in the movement. That's that much more engagement than the number nine story. Very quickly, Art Bell, for those who are not familiar with him, anybody who is essentially 30 or older knows Art Bell because they actually know how radio works and listen to radio. He's been a staunch 
standout on the radio in very late nights and a pioneer of the time, having the quote-unquote Art Bell style uh, where essentially he was up in the middle of the night. He was broadcasting from the desert in Arizona, so middle of the night is kind of, you know, your mileage may vary. Uh, but he did it by himself. He just basically punched the button and put somebody on the air, and in most cases, they self-policed themselves. He did a lot of paranormal, a lot of weird stuff, a lot of conspiracy stuff, and people loved the dude. He was one of the greatest or the, the most syndicated uh, radio hosts at the time, his show, which turned into Coast to Coast AM, was taken over by George Norrie about 10 years ago. And Art Bell disappeared, more or less, to come back along with the old hot Asian wife thing and do some radio on the side. In fact, he even co-hosted or a fill-in host for his old show at times. Art Bell, a pioneer in the radio business, one of the people that basically, if you are a radio person 30 or older, you have some love for Art Bell and he had some influence in your career. He is dead at the age of 72. The number seven story this week, headline, Trump orders military action in Syria. Bump a response of 2.17% from the eight story. And this was posted Friday, April 13th. Of course, this week, President Trump had his second attempt at, or second full, yeah, not even attempt. He sent off a batch of military strikes against Syria based on chemical weapons use. He did this about a year ago one site. This time it was three sites. This is based off the pictures we saw last weekend from the headlines where the Syrians are suspected of using um, sarin gas mixed with chlorine to do what they do. Keep a shot in power there because the best way they can do it is with illegal weapons. Uh, while there were plenty of finger wagging from both sides at first, of course, the big thing was the Russians saying, well, if you do airstrikes and blow things up, you sort of blow up the, the evidence U.S. claimed they had the evidence to go along with it, and they had a coalition. They didn't do it by themselves. Other nations were in on this, and we suspect other sanctions and things will come along as well. The biggest thing about this is a lot of tough talk from Donald Trump towards Russia for standing by a guy who's a bad man. I'm not sure that's the exact term that, that Trump used, but that's the way he talks. This is some of the first time we've seen Donald Trump be really aggressive towards the Russians. We'll see how long that lasts. Move to number six story this week. Stan Lee sues former business manager for fraud, elder abuse. This story we posted on Saturday, April 14th. Bumper response of 8.51%. Going quickly to the story uh, that we got this from. Deadline Hollywood, the source. Comic book industry legend Stan Lee is suing a former business manager for fraud and elder abuse in a suit that alleges such egregious claims of abuse as extracting and selling vials of the Marvel Comics icon's blood as collectibles. In Las Vegas, because, hey, they'll buy anything at a collectible in Las Vegas. Lee, who many consider a godfather of the modern-day superhero, was grieving the death of his wife of 70 years, Joan B. Lee, in late 2017, when he became the target of unscrupulous businessmen, sycophants, and opportunists. Those were all in caps, uh, or in quotes, by the way, who sought to take advantage of his despondency. Now, a whole lot of things have been going on for weeks about Stan Lee being broke, Stan Lee almost dying. Uh, we had a story a few weeks ago about Kevin Smith, the comic book guy and the Silent Bob guy, the movie guy, offering up one of his homes for Stan Lee to live in because apparently we thought he was out of money. Part of the reason is a lot of real shady business stuff was going on as he was not paying attention to a lot of things. One, he's very old. Two, he just lost his wife of, yes, 70 years, married to the same woman for 70 years who just passed away. And his health in itself has been rumored to be not so great. So how does this get fixed? 
I'm not sure. This is the crazy life of a of a crazy ad man turned comic man. And the story, although interesting, is not exactly the way you want to hear someone going out. The number five story gets a bump of response of 9.80%. Colorado man arrested at Taylor Swift's house with knife, rope, ammo. That is the headline we posted. It posted on Wednesday, April 18th. And while it sounds like a party, it probably wasn't all that keen for the people who had to, quote, quote, deal with this and Taylor Swift herself. Let's read this one from the headline or from the story where we, the source we got as well. This was Fox, or I'm sorry, Denver 7 ABC's news website. Authorities say a man arrested outside Beverly Hills home owned by Taylor Swift was wearing a mask and rubber gloves, had a knife, rope, and ammunition, and told police he had driven from his Colorado home to see the singer who was not there at the time. Luckily, when these things happen, most times they're not there. We've seen what happened when they are there, and we're just glad this didn't turn out that route. More from the story. The details were contained in a temporary restraining order preventing the man, 38-year-old Julius Sandrock of Broomfield, Colorado, from possessing guns. Police say Sandrock was arrested Saturday on suspicious, suspicion on felony stalking and expected to be released Tuesday while the investigation continues. It isn't clear whether he has an attorney who could comment. There you go. Um, the 28-year-old Swift, who lives in New York, was not at home then either. So this was a home she owns in L.A. She lives most of the time in New York. Luckily, she was somewhere else. They're not saying where because that could be a little dangerous. Let's move on to the number four story this week. NPR's Car Castle dies at 84 following complications from Alzheimer's disease. Tuesday, April 17th is when we posted this. 9.82% jump in the responses from the number five story. And this is another sad loss in radio and a sad loss in general. Carl Castle was the uh, longtime man, voice of the news on NPR, and of course, in recent years, working as, I guess, uh, host emeritus and the official uh, show game counter or scorekeeper for Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on NPR. He is a beloved voice who has the another thing like we talked about with Art Bell early on. Who, who people don't have the luxury of having long-time careers in any sort of business, definitely not in broadcasting, and with the same company, with the same group, working for NPR for so long, it was amazing. He began working, again, radio at age 16, retiring about four years ago at the age of 80 because at that point he figured he had a pretty long run and pretty good run in it as well. He died from complications of Alzheimer's this week. The radio world, the broadcasting world, the news world, all giving their regards to another man that people all had had high regard and many claimed to emulate his style. That's Carl Castle from NPR. Moving on to the next story for the day. That is the three story. Sean Hannity named as Trump lawyers Michael Cohen's mystery third client. Not the best read of the headline, but that's what we posted. It was the highest rated Twitter posting this week. You get a bumper response from the four to from the four to the three. Say that clearly. Uh, 56.91%. So it was that much more engaging than the four this week. And here's the basics of this story. Sean Hannity, host on Fox News, who, of course, is a very staunch supporter of Donald Trump, uh, has named in the named by Michael Cohen when he was forced to testify on a couple things, answer some questions in court about some mystery clients. One was another billionaire who he helped foster a deal for big money for, to say silent for their relationship. Also, Sean Hannity was named as a client. 
However, Sean Hannity didn't quite say he was a client. He never said he actually had a client relationship with him or never paid him any money. But he did say that what they talked about should have been under client uh, lawyer-client privilege because he's a weasel like that. Sean Hannity was also called out live on the air by Alan Dershowitz, who, of course, is a staunch Trump supporter, for just basically saying, you know, you could have just said, I've done some dealings with Michael Cohen and moved on. Sean, of course, said he has right to his privacy. Nothing was really a big deal. It's all little real estate, this, that, or whatever. But he still should have had some privacy. And Alan Dershowitz was like, yeah, you still could have said you had some dealings. So there you go. Another reason to love Mr. Dershowitz. Number two story for this week, boyfriend's ground rules to girlfriend for Avengers Affinity War viewing go viral. This one was a hot one. A bump in response of 43.52% from the three story. And here's how this one is going down. Because this movie going down next week is Avengers 4, Avengers Affinity War. The, the split of the big four and five. Now the fifth one not being so much Infinity War, but we'll see what happens. Got to get through this weekend first. But because it's such a big deal, one guy sent out a nice list of, well, via some some text, the list, rules of engagement, what must be done for this movie because it's such a big deal. I will read you some of those. Number one, I'll buy you whatever you want before the movie. Candy, popcorn, drinks, even a hot dog. But you can't ask for anything during the movie. Two, no talking during the movie. I can't be distracted. You've got questions. Write them down. I'll answer them when it's over. That seems fair. Three, no hand-holding. It'll distract me, and I'll miss things I've waited 10 years to see. Number four, if the main character dies, we cry together. If you ain't crying, you're walking home. Number five, if you cancel the movie date, I'll need 24 hours notice so that I may replace you with a suitable, suitable viewer, most likely Jesse. If you cancel the last minute, I'll have to watch alone. You'll be hearing from my lawyer. Those all seem reasonable. So she replied back with uh, basically a smiley, raised eyebrow, smiley face emoji. And then, of course, uh, put it out on the Internet for everybody to laugh at the guy. However, there were less laughs at the guys that you expect because a whole lot of men, honestly enough, believe it was the genius idea of the year to come up with this list. And, of course, although made viral by the world, they're down with the guy. They go with the guy. So that brings us to our number one story for this week, as determined by you. Here is the headline we posted on Sunday, April 15th. This is, of course, the top-rated Facebook story and a pretty high-rated Twitter story as well. Prominent gay rights attorney dead after apparent self-immolation. We'll get to that in a second. But first, to tell you about the numbers for this week, this story had a bump in response from the two story of 172%. That's how much bigger this story was than the number two story this week. From the number 10 story, the bump was 776%. And from the almost relevant story, that's number 129, it was 1,655. Not quite as great as some of the latest versions of the one to relevance uh, graphs, but 1,600% is a pretty big number. Now, let's get to the story very quickly because it gets very very deep, very, very quick. I'm going to just read from the headlines we got from CBS News. A well-known gay rights lawyer and environmental advocate appeared to have burned himself to death in New York City on Saturday in a grisly protest against ecological destruction, police said. The charred remains of the 60-year-old David Buckle were found by passersby in Brooklyn's Prospect Park. Police told the Associated Press he was pronounced dead 
at about 6.30 a.m. While it appeared he burned himself to death, New York PD said the cause of death is still under investigation. New York Daily News reports that Bucknell left a suicide note in a shopping cart near his body that said he hoped his death was honorable and might serve others. That is the bulk of the story. It gets really, really deep into what he's done in the world of environmental law and gay rights law and just goes into the story. A very sad story, a very deep story, and a person that most of us would not have even pictured knowing in just regular circles unless you are into the gay rights movement or into the environmental movement. But a very sad story with the loss of life with the prominent attorney, uh, Mr. David Buckle, who burned himself to death in wide open in Brooklyn's Prospect Park. That is it from 10 to 1, the top stories as determined by you via social media. And how did that happen? It was very simple. You follow This Is The Conversation on Facebook or Twitter or maybe even our website at thisistheconversation.com and went through there. On Twitter, we are TH underscore conversation. Facebook, look for This Is The Conversation. And, of course, make sure that all of our our posts are in your feed. There's been some weirdness in the Facebook algorithms, but we are not fake news. We are offering up links for, to decent news sites. We'll say decent. Uh, and that's that's real. It's real things that are going on, real things going on out there. Make sure you see them. Once you see them, love them, like them, hate them, share them, reply to them, do what you want to do to engage with the task that's out there. That's the tweet or the Facebook post. And we get a count. We put it in the spreadsheet. It tells us which ones are the biggest of the week. And in a bit, we'll tell you which one is not the biggest with the almost irrelevant story of the week. That's 129 coming up in segment three. Coming up in just a bit, segment two still exists. We'll do some housekeeping. And, of course, I'll tell you which of these stories is the biggest one, my top of mind story for the week. On the weekly wrap-up show for the week ending April 21st, 2018. I'm Nick. And I'm Justin. We are the Epic Film Guys, and we'd like just a moment of your time to talk about an extremely important event coming up this May. Last year, we hosted the live stream for The Cure, a 12-hour live stream fundraiser where we raised $2,500 for the Cancer Research Institute. 86 cents out of every dollar raised goes to research toward finding a cure. And this year, we're aiming to smash that goal, and we need your help to do it. Join us from May 18th through the 20th for 30 hours of amazing live stream content from us and a whole host of amazing podcasters who will be joining us to try to reach $5,000. For more information, please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com. Together, we can make a difference. lucky to have very little in the way of housekeeping for this week but then we realized that we is really an, an I and so I have to address a very gaping hole in the schedule that was last week's episode the one slated for April the 15th 2018 now the we behind this is a conversation is an actual we there are a few people that help make this thing work in the grand scale and all my businesses work in the grand scale but most of the we is actually me with some virtual people doing things here or there. The actual recording of the podcast and editing of the podcast. And when we had interviews, 
scheduling and recording and editing those and of course uh, gathering of the data for the for the top 10 for the top 1 through 29 129 is basically an, a me operation that takes a good bit of time and last week on the 14th the date we should have recorded it it just didn't happen also on the or the 13th should say that just didn't happen so the podcast I misdated should have been for the 14th and last Saturday dated. The 14th did not happen, not conducive. And Saturdays at this point in time, family obligations, soccer, keep me from getting much done on the weekends as well. So it just didn't happen. We're going to do our best to remedy the situation, get things done a little bit earlier, a little bit on time, and work on some systems. But on the grander scale, something you may or may not care about, but I'm going to say anyway, just to kill a little time, is... We are going to do some evaluating. The actual we, people involved with doing this stuff, are going to do some evaluating of what's going to live, what might die, and what things that we planned on giving birth to will not be birthed. We were in the process, we are actually in the process of working on a network, relaunching the old network I had, which is essentially all the podcasts I do listed through a single place in a single form, single access point. Uh, it's it's essentially live now at morebettermedia.com, but we need to do some more in the way of beefing it up and launching it in the proper form. And what forms beyond there, what shows beyond there, working on with some other people for collaborations and working to get some things out there that should be more conducive to gathering big audiences, but that's in the works, not quite there yet. So we will see exactly how well we'll work with that in the near future. In the meantime, the housekeeping for today's stuff, not a lot of housekeeping on that end. We are still dreaming of a day when we can do more interviews. That would be awesome. So I'll probably do less in the way of housekeeping as things go by, uh, since there shouldn't be anything major happening here for a while, and less in the way of expanding on whatever I'm calling my big story of the week, my hot topic of the week. Do that, hit it, and quick run. I do want to get more commentary in and do more commentary, but that, of course, takes a lot of time in writing as well. So this week's big story, hot story, didn't really get a lot of love in a way of thought process and writing down, but it did get a lot of love for me personally because it's something that hits personally. Now, it battled down to, now since it's just me, and I don't have a chance to eliminate one of the choices because it doesn't make any sense. I went through the top eight stories and looked at those, re-ranked those back and forth, and basically did the brackets with myself, and came up with the two and the four story this week battling against each other for supremacy. That's the boyfriend was ground rules for the Avengers Affinity War. That's number two. And the four story was Carl Castle dying at age 84. Both of these are near and dear to my heart, and especially with the news of our bell passing this week as well, and we'll get to in a bit in the top 15 as Barbara Bush's passing, although we didn't announce her passing, we announced initially her, her ill health and her deciding to go for uh, just sort of care to be comforted as opposed to care to get better. The big story I did pick this week was the Avengers Affinity War rules for the boyfriend, and, and here's the kicker on that one. My wife has given me rules for Avengers Affinity War. Yes, my wife has. Now, there's here's the scenario. We've been talking about the movie for weeks, and we actually try to see the new uh, Marvel movies. We actually are not are pretty behind on the DC movies, mostly because I don't really care as much, and she isn't into the background of the characters. But we've been following all the Marvel movies since some Iron Man 1. 
and we've been going to essentially every single ones except the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. We haven't seen those in theaters and Ant-Man movies, but all of the rest of them we have seen in the theater and we've seen them together. And most times she wants to she wants to pony up for 3D. She is going out of town for the weekend next week, so I get to play Bachelor for a couple days. And she has given me explicit instructions not to go see the movie without her. I'm not allowed to. She also brought up the fact at the time when I went to go see Rent without her. But um, at that point, that was just, I was just mad because I had to go see a movie I hated again because she wanted to see it. This is movies we both anticipate liking, and we'll see how that works out. So we have some ground rules on this one. And basically is you can't see it until I get back home. So maybe we'll catch it Sunday. Maybe we'll catch it next week, next weekend because it's out next weekend. But I personally have ground rules based on my wife for how to see this movie. And we must go together. Although in this scenario, the guy decided, you know, if she is not going, she has to give him notice because he needs to find a buddy to go with. We'll see. She doesn't listen to this podcast, so I'll probably see it anyway. But that is my big story for the week, the one that gets under my craw is the fact that Avengers Infinity War guy has ground rules for this girl, and she thought they were cute. I guess she, she gave the emoji saying that she more or less went with them, but she thought they were cute, so she sent them, uh, put them on the internets, and as far as you know, they are real, and they were spectacular. Coming up in just a bit, we will round out the top 15 and tell you about the 129th story of this week, almost irrelevant, and get as many in between as we can as time allots with us here on the weekly wrap-up podcast for the week ending April 21st, 2018. On the Podcast Rodeo Show, we grab a random podcast and see how long we can hang on, and I give you a real-life first impression. Didn't expect that. Am I all right? This is not your grandpa's uh, faith podcast. I'm digging it so far. Um, we discussed how cheesecake is actually a really great thing to have in your home. Okay, y- you had me, and you said y- you brought her on because she knows this cool survival stuff, and then you didn't tell me the other things that she's going to tell me about, and now you're talking about cheesecake. Um... So we didn't really have anything to talk about. We were going because this episode is coming out on Black Friday. And that, my friends, is the phrase that pays. The minute you go, "Ah, I'm not really sure what I'm going to talk about. I am out of here because that means that you're going to waste 45 minutes of my time. (laughs) Holy cow. Well, first of all, great intro. Here's the key to this. I want to hear the rest of this episode. Do you? I do. The Podcast Rodeo Show. Find it at podcastrodeoshow.com. This is The Conversation is the place for the best conversations around the world, the best people having those conversations. That is you. No matter where you are, we want your opinion on the stories. And it's been surprising, although it shouldn't be as surprising, on some other responses and some of the places we have seen large responses on big stories. Australia is a really big hit, so apparently we've got some fans in Australia, uh, lots of fans also in Europe, as you expect. But some of the other countries we see a lot, many things coming from China and areas like that. We thank you so much for listening to the conversation and being in the conversation. Of course, here in the 
the United States, I and a lot of people who are connoisseurs of this podcast or like podcasts like this, news junkies, watch a lot of cable news, have a lot of cable news sources, and end up being inundated with a lot of double, triple, quadruple speak on the same stories. And we remedied this with this website, thisistheconversation.com, and this podcast, which sends out links to various sources across the world from various places and looks for your opinion. So when you see a link sent to you via our social media feeds, either on Twitter at TH underscore conversation or Facebook for This Is a Conversation, as you make sure that they are live in your feed so they come up as often as possible, react to the stories that come down. Like them, love them, hate them, share them, reply to them. And the more interaction, the more engagement they get, the higher the grade, the higher the score, the higher they rank in the polling, if you will. So that's how you get the ranking in here. That's how you get into the top one through this week, 129. For more information and more questions about what's going on, uh, visit the website, thisistheconversation.com, and send us a message. Let us know what we can do to fix what's going on out there. And, of course, share it with some friends, share with a few enemies, and share it with random strangers across the world so that they can get in on the best conversations as well. Let's get back into the numbers, the numbers of things we talked about. And number 129th thing we talked about this week, or barely talked about, is that story we call the Almost Irrelevant Story. And this is usually a story we post late Thursday, early Friday, right before we cut things off. And that's what happened for this week. April 20th, the day we are recording this, this was posted. And it was the headline, Schumer's 420 plans involve marijuana. Now, very quickly, we'll go to the source for that because, like I said, didn't get much time to get, you know, gestate with you guys. Maybe it's going to be big enough to be a big story next week. But here's what we have coming from Newser. And it is, the paragraph we have is, Chuck Schumer will introduce a bill Friday, which is appropriate for 20, to discriminate marijuana at the federal level. The Senate minority leader tells Vice News in an interview set to air in full on HBO Thursday night. I've seen too many people's lives ruined because they had small amounts of marijuana and served time in jail much too long. That was a well quote from uh, Schumer, and it continues. Ultimately, it's the right thing to do now. Freedom, Schumer says in the clip of the interview posted on Twitter. Slate calls it, quote, a major development in the movement to reform drug laws, unquote, and adds that Schumer apparently signed a bonus, a, signed a bong, I'm sorry, a bonus. I can't read today. Maybe I'm on a bong for 420 during the Vice interview. Of course, John Boehner, of course, recently did a 180 on the thought of using on cannabis, maybe not so much using, but it being legal. And he is working with a firm to promote cannabis. So the old <laughs> guard is taking up new tricks, old dogs learning new tricks in these day and age. Let's round out the top 15 so you can see what stories were hot, but not quite hot enough to get into the top 10. Starting with the 11-story headline, Trump lawyer brokered $1.6 million hush deal for top GOP fundraiser. We're going to go to the story for that one as well. Uh, A Trump lawyer, that being Michael Cohen, uh, brokered a deal to pay $1.6 million to a former Playboy model who said she was impregnated by Republican National Committee official Elliot Brody. Sources familiar to the matter confirmed to CNBC. The sources also told CNBC that Cohen was paid $250,000 for negotiating and handling the deal. Now, this is a deal where Michael Cohen, the fixer for Donald Trump, did do a deal to hush up a 
young lady uh, for a powerful rich man and got paid for it. Of course, the deal he did for Donald Trump, he apparently did, but got no compensation for it. So the money came directly out of his out of his pocket or more specifically out of a home loan he pulled to make this thing happen. And of course, we already talked about in the top 10 this week, a third client of Michael Cohen's that was released in testimony. This is where this came out from, by the way, testimony he had to give. Third client being Sean Hannity. What he dealt with, we're not exactly sure. Hannity says just some small, minor uh, questions about some real estate stuff because Michael Cohen does it all. But he has attorney-client privilege because he's Sean Hannity or something. Moving on to the number uh, 12 story this week, that's Will Farrell. Will Ferrell, I should say, taken to hospital after SUV reportedly flipped during accident. We pulled the story from People Magazine's website. Will Ferrell was reportedly taken to the hospital after the actor was involved in a car accident. Ferrell, 50, was riding in an SUV that flipped over during a two-car accident on Thursday night in California, reports TMZ. We posted this on April the 13th. The car was reportedly driving down Orange County Freeway late Thursday night when the side swiped another car. According to TMZ, Farrell was one of three passengers in the car. All three passengers were taken to the hospital. Um, actor was seen talking to his cell phone and he, as he was loaded into the ambulance. Apparently no one of hurt very badly in the accident. That's the good news. Going on to the number 13 story this week. Steph, Stephen Colbert confronts Comey over throwing election to Trump. Wednesday, April 18th is when we posted this. Stephen Colbert is, of course, just a regular TV guy. He's doing his thing. It's his job to interview folks. He interviews people that are not exactly the normal fare for, at least they all do now, for, for late-night talk shows. They're all going a serious route. And he had a chance to talk to James Comey, who is on the show with this guy in particular, because he's pitching a book. So that's a good reason to be on to try to sell a couple books. And we'll see how many more he sold. Of course, his book, James Comey's new book, uh, was number one about a week before it actually got released via Amazon. So there's that. But Colbert got a chance to throw some questions to Comey. Not necessarily anything that was new, but he got a chance to do his grilling in a semi-serious way uh, about the things he did, the actions he took that may have played a serious role, probably played a role, may have played a serious role in the unelection of Hillary Clinton as president. Hillary Clinton running for president also played a major role in her unelection as president, but we'll deal with that one again because we've done it over and over again on another day. Let's move on to the next story. The next headline we have is the 14 midline. A billionaire toy tycoon bids a whopping $890 million to save 300 Toys R Us stores. Now, this may get your heart of Twitter, but, you know, maybe this is one that the time has come. From the news story, Toys R Us has made headlines as of late with news of its bankruptcy protections and talk of impending U.S.-based liquidations in the coming weeks ahead. However, a last-ditch effort to help save the drowning operations, billionaire toy icon Isaac Larian put up a bid totaling $890 million U.S. million to keep 300 stores throughout the U.S. and Canada from closing. According to a previous LinkedIn post, Larian stated, Okay, I followed through on my part. Now it's up to them to accept. Time is of the essence. The MGA Entertainment CEO even went as far as tagging President Trump's Twitter handle in another post, acknowledging his interest in saving 130,000 jobs. Hard to speak that out, hard to get those words out of my mouth, but this one we found on a site called Hypebeast. It was posted there on April the 14th, and we posted it onto our listing 
on the same day. So we are assuming it's a credible source. As we say, we should look for credible sources. We're almost positive they're not the fake news kind, but we, you know, we don't really know much about the hype beast. So it's up to you to believe or not believe the hype beast. And number 15, we have the headline as former First Lady Barbara Bush in failing health. We posted it on Sunday, April 15th, as the word came out that her health was failing and she decided to decline any more care to improve it and just basically focus on resting with her family. She had all her family nearby as the time passed a few days later. And we, of course, have been mourning her for the full week here across the nation and here specifically here with us for this is a conversation. Uh, she, of course, has the the uncanny nomination of being the only woman to have been married to a president or second that the only woman, only one of two women to have been married to and given birth to a president. She almost gave birth to a second president as her husband, George H. W. Bush, her son, George W. Bush and her son, Jeb Bush, who made it to governor of the great state of Florida, did not quite make it to be president again. She famously said, as Jeb was thinking about running for office, there have been too many Bushes in office, someone else should run. But when Jeb said he was going to do it, he got up there and he did it, and she was behind him 100%. And that was one of the ironic things we heard this week, coming from people talking historic-wise, that Jeb Bush, who had a lot of the qualities of Barbara Bush, which are kind of sort of seen as old school these days, made him the perfect foil for a guy like Donald Trump. Donald Trump being the brash and loud and just just being semi-insane. Jeb Bush being calm and collected and just being, you know, always having that gravitas wasn't a good matchup and it was able to make it easy for Trump to trump that Bush in this case. So we are all mourning the loss of Barbara Bush, married to her husband for over 70 years, and, of course, raising a large family of pretty big folks in the political game and, of course, running that household as well. That ends all the things that we had to count down officially. So now we're going to do as many of the also-rans, some, all of the area that ran between that 15 and this 129 in the time allotted. So they are in no particular order, so bear with us and just stick around and hopefully something will point to you. Headline, Dick's Sporting Goods will destroy assault-style rifles pulled from its shelves. Yes, Dick's Sporting Goods is not going to send the rifles back to manufacturers. They're not going to try to resell them, not going to put on anything. They're going to literally destroy the guns as they come in. Starbucks apologizes to black men handcuffed and hustled out of Philadelphia location in viral video. You've seen this thing blow up literally across the nation with the video of the two black men waiting for a third person to do a real estate deal who were in the store about two minutes before they were called, before the police were called, and they were escorted out with the irony irony of all of the white customers asking police why they're arresting the two black men who weren't doing anything. Their crime they didn't buy anything. They were waiting for the person, you know, being being polite, waiting for the third guy to show up for ordering. That's what they did wrong, apparently. Of course, Starbucks is going to have a day off for all employees next month for sensitivity training. We'll see how that goes. If you attended WrestleMania a few weeks ago, you may have to think twice and make sure maybe get checked up. A fan infected with measles attended WrestleMania and potentially infected lots of other people because that could have happened when things happens. 
a Canadian who posted a drug smuggling trip on Instagram was, of course, arrested and sent to prison because stupid is as stupid done does. I.e., if you're going to do something illegal, don't post it on social media where people can track it and figure out how to find you because they will track it and figure out how to find you. Tyler shoots her mom with her gun her dad left in the car. Uh, this is a very sad story. The, everyone is still okay, but the man who had the gun in the car is being charged with reckless endangerment and other charges, as you would expect from something like that. We also mourn the passing of comedian, magician, and actor on Night Court, uh, that being Harry Anderson dying this week in Asheville. Uh, DHS accidentally releases something they call the Remote Mind Control Records. I wish I had time to go into that one. That is as funny as it sounds. It's not quite as serious as it sounds. But it still sounds like mind control, because that's what they want to call it. And as we reach toward the final two minutes of the show, we are a wrap up with a headline on Rudy Giuliani joining the Trump team for the Mueller investigation probe. Now, Giuliani, not necessarily a lawyer lawyer, but he is going to work the deals to hopefully get Trump out of this thing as quickly as possible. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. We cannot do this without you. Join us next week for another weekly wrap up show. Make sure you share this show as a podcast or however, just in terms to anyone you can. Friends, family, relations, and just random people and enemies are always great as well. Thank you one more time. I'm Jake Lynn Payne. See you again next week for another weekly wrap-up from thisisaconversation.com.